Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to We Are the Creditors. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction. Righteousness. Ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher. Soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is Thursday, January 18th in the year 2024. Patriots, we have an issue right now of a country completely out of control. And the problem is that while we watch this thing spin into the tank and take us with it, we're the ones that are funding it. And we're doing so willfully, and we're doing so without any resistance. This country was born on a number of issues. One of them was taxation without representation. And we understood the power of taxation. We also understood the power of boycotts. In fact, in the colonial period, Boycotts were so well effective, were so effective that the real war that the British were fighting was not the war on the ground of attrition, but it was the cost that was costing them in the reduction of trade and the reduction in taxes. We have to regain our position here and understand that this government of tyranny is using every single dollar that we use in for them to use it against us. And every single time we give them a dollar, a dime, they use it to wage their war of tyranny against the people of the United States. And somewhere along the way, it is, we've been lost in this idea of obedience to a government that quite literally has no desire to serve the people, but is expecting us to worship it. We're going to get into all that here this evening. Patriots, one thing is absolutely clear is you need sleep. 100% you need sleep. And to get sleep, you need great things to sleep on, like pillows and great comfortable sheets. And where do you get those? The best company around. That's MyPillow.com. Head on over to MyPillow.com. You go to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. That's our landing page. And there you'll find a whole array of the latest deals. And one of the, some of those latest deals include great savings on Giza cotton sheets and the MyPillow 2.0, which is my new latest favorite. Never thought I'd be talking about pillows like I do these days, but I do love pillows. And when it comes to my pillows from when pillows from my pillow, it's on the top of my list. My pillow 2.0 uses a heat re- regulating thread. It's a fantastic product. You sleep well on it. It's wonderful to have, and especially when sleep is at the premium these days. So head on over to mypillow.com. Use your promo code Bards B A R D S. And if you want to hit our main landing page, go to mypillow.com forward slash Bards. Again, same promo code Bards B A R D S. Use that promo code to take advantage of everything you see on there that are on sale. The great savings, the great products, and those products that are sent to us factory direct and led by a patriot himself, Mike Lindell. These are products that are great for your home. Everything they have is fantastic. Their, 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 bathroom, their bathroom towel sets are fantastic. Their kitchen towel sets are fantastic. I can go on the list. You won't be disappointed. So again, mypillow.com forward slash bards. Use your promo code bards. And get those things to you today. It's worth every dime you spend because it makes you sleep better at the end of the day. All right, Patriots, we have a government that's out of control, truly out of control. And we're sitting here with people that are compliant. And the problem is nobody is doing anything. We keep talking about this, but there's like little to no action. Tucker has a piece here relative to the border issue, but I think it's relative to the whole topic of the inaction of America. The story of history is the story of invasions. One group of people moving into someone else's land and taking it. One nation ends, another begins. Invasions drive history. Few Americans understand this is happening to them right now. The United States of America is being invaded. For the love of God, this is a damn invasion. Who is allowing this? They invaded our privacy. I think it's an invasion of the country. In other words, it's ending. The country you grew up in no longer exists. Soon it will be unrecognizable. No one is fighting back. Few are even acknowledging it. And the people who lead us are letting it happen. 
The people that lead us are letting it happen. They're making it happen. They're allowing it to happen. And this is ongoing. And no matter what they do, every single time they do it, they just allow these things to go. And Americans just keep going along with it, going, okay, okay, that's fine, no problem. Okay, okay. When are we going to change? When are we going to come to the realization that we have power? Here's the thing. The government can't exist if it doesn't have our money, and yet we continue to fund them. Here's the breaking news from earlier today. 107 House Republicans joined 207 Democrats to keep the government funded. There you go. That should make you excited. Without any D concessions for real border security. In other words, Democrats got their way. Republicans joined in. They continue to keep the government funded so that they themselves can make sure that their salaries, their families, their power continues at the expense of the American people's freedom. This is the uniparty at its best, and it's happening everywhere. And all the while, the things just keep rolling along. But it's probably more important to worry about things like Michael Obama, who might run in 2024, or Hunter Biden, who might smoke another joint or suck in some more crack. Those are big deals, right? But the fact of the matter is that the country is being funded by the people, and the funding they get is being used against the people. I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. But we have a campaign going along. We have a campaign to make you believe that President Trump is going to save the nation. A campaign that's going to tell you that everything's going to be okay. The fact of the matter is that where we are right now is the country is getting lost, and it's getting lost faster and faster by the day. But here's the thing for you to keep in mind. This is important. Delay your taxes, they say. Don't file yet. But I've got a lot more to say after this piece. Do not file your taxes yet. As yesterday, Tuesday, January the 16th, 2024, Congress announced that they have a last-minute deal that is currently being brokered that will provide hundreds, if not thousands of dollars into the pockets of millions of Americans. Now, take a look at the headlines coming out. Tax breaks for parents, businesses possible in a last-minute deal. Bipartisan tax deal could expand the child tax credit and extend business taxes. New bipartisan proposal to enhance the child tax credit. What to know as it appears that a last-minute deal has has finally come to fruition, reviving these pandemic stimulus provisions, these tax credits, and it looks like it's going to be retroactive as well. So do not file your taxes yet, as if you do, you might need to file an amendment later because there's going to be new credits that you could receive and you don't want to miss out on them. So I'm going to be covering the details that have come out in the last 24 hours so that way you know exactly what's going on. What would we do without the excitement of new tax deductions? What would we do without the idea of getting more of the money back that we give to them? What would we do with the government telling us that because you've been good little slaves, and you have, by the way, you've been highly obedient, just want to thank you all, and this would be the government speaking to you. This would go something like this if the government spoke truth. I want to thank every American for being a good slave. I want to thank you for the times that we were in COVID and you obediently put on a mask. I want to thank you that when we tell you to social distance, we don't have to enforce it. You just do it. I want to thank you that when we say pay your taxes, you do it. I want to thank you that when we say roll up your sleeve and take a death shot, you do it. I want to thank you that when TSA says they need to search you and they run your hand up your crotch, you don't say anything. You just allow them. I want to thank you that when the TSA fondle your children, you just say yes and you let them do it. I want to thank you that when we move children and traffic children on the airlines that you fly, that you don't complain about the fact that every airline agent, pilot, and company is complicit in child sex trafficking. We just do it, and you agree. I want to thank you for not saying anything about the border as we open it up and let everything flow in, and you can conveniently comply. Thank you. You're good citizens. And so for that reason, we're going to give you a few extra credits. The credits are on that money that we've been continuing to take out of your salary. That salary that continues to decline because of inflation that you don't complain about, by the way, thank you. That inflation, that eats, eats away your retirement savings so you know that you're going to have to work until the age 100, by the way, thank you. Makes it easier on us and the federal government. We want to thank you for everything you've done by taking a few more points off so that when you file your taxes for that money that you paid in, that we'll agree to give you back a few more cents on it than you would have originally done. Even though it's your money, we want to thank you for giving us your money, letting us run, and now for 
for your reward, we're going to give you a milk bone. Thank you, patriots. Thank you, America. Now, please sit and go in the corner and say nothing more. This is the new America. This is the America where we are these days. A compliant set of drones that go along with anything the government says. The government says jump three feet, people jump four. The government says crawl under a car, the people will crawl under a car full of grease because they want to impress their master. We want to make them happy. We want to make them do everything they can. This is a new America. And unfortunately, with the problems with all of this is that we are losing our freedoms every single day. But here's the question I have for you. Why are we complying? Why? When we give money to a bank, we're not saving money in a bank. It's actually the way the contract is, is we're loaning money to the bank. And in terms of the loan that we go to the bank, they, re they agree on these terms and we sign into them. These terms are this. We will pay you 0% interest on an average savings account or checking account. If you do a little bit more and you pay us a little bit more, we agree to pay you a small return. We had charge you monthly fees because it costs us to do business, even though you're loaning us the money to operate. But the best part about it is that when you loan us the money to operate, we're going to take it and make it tenfold what it was just by printing more money. And your money, by the way, has no value because you've agreed to that. So thank you again for being good slaves. Our entire system is rigged from top to bottom to benefit only a few. And everything is geared to provide, ultimately, a debt economy that's so severely anchored in long-term unpayable debt that people are forever working until they die. There's never any true freedom. We are the creditors. We are not the debtors. The government is the debtor. We are the creditors. And yet we haven't understood what that means. Creditors control the game. And there's plenty of us because without us, they can't function on anything. The problem is that individually, people are concerned. They get worried about the IRS come knocking at their door. They get worried about being audited. They get worried about having to pay back taxes or even worse, going to jail over taxation. Because the federal government has used their system to become such an extortionist government that they this is their criminal network of how they extort money out of the public. It's no different than the mafia guys going down the street and walking into a little business and say, hey, we will keep you secure on the condition that you pay us $20,000. And the business owner says, I don't have that money. I'll give you 24 hours. And if you agree to take that money, if you agree to pay us that money, you will be safe. But we can't protect you if you won't pay us. 24 hours goes by. The business owner can't pay it. On 36 hours, the business catches fire that night and burns to the ground. Those guys come back the next day after the fire. I see your place burns down. It's unfortunate. You should have paid us that $20,000. We could have protected you. Now, we're happy to help you, but to help you, it's going to cost you $30,000 now to be really safe. And before you get your business started again, it probably would be a good idea to pay that so we ensure that nothing like this ever happens again. That's extortion. And that's what our government's doing to us. So let me suggest a little something, something here. Of course, this is just hypothetical. I'm just imagining these things out of my mind. I'm sure there's no real application to any of this, and I'm sure it's just a silly notion. But nonetheless, humor me a bit, because I'm going to tell you a little joke about the whole system. And I, I think if everyone hears it, we'll all have a great laugh. and We'll say, wow, that was good humor tonight on Bards. Unfortunately, it's not true as we... We know, wink, wink. But nonetheless, there might be something in here that maybe you can use. There's this little thing in our, in our IRS code called the extension. Now, the IRS will tell you it's quite a hassle to do an extension, when in fact it's not. Every citizen's allowed to have an extension. Now, when you have an extension, you don't have to file taxes. You, they tell you you should, which of course is because if you're a good, obedient drone and slave, you will. You'll file your taxes. You'll even pay your taxes. And before you file, you'll take the extra time to do your paperwork, but you'll send them the money, even though you're getting an extension to not have to do either paperwork or money. But they count on you to do the right thing. So what they're going to tell you is that it would be better, patriots, if you would pay us, even though it might be an estimated amount, to pay us all the taxes you think you owe. And then you can get that extension for your paperwork to go into the fall to work things out a bit sort it out, and then see if the paperwork is right. And if it's right, then don't worry. We'll have your money, and if you owe more, we'll make sure you pay more. 
plus interest, by the way. And if we owe you, and if we owe you money, don't worry, we'll eventually get it back to you without interest, by the way. Well, an extension's a wonderful thing. Because with an extension, you can defer your taxes to October. Now, I know people have a lot of hard time dealing with taxation. They struggle with it because they're afraid of the IRS. Afraid it might hurt their credit rating or something if taxes are late. Or maybe worse, they'll have to pay like 1% interest. I don't know. Horrible things like this. But the IRS is an illegal organization. It's not, it doesn't, it extracts, extracts taxes that are not legal in the United States. Income tax is not a legal thing. It's not constitutional. So the thing that we have to start looking at and asking ourselves very seriously is, what is going to ultimately be the right thing to do if you're a patriot? If you don't want your money to be used for causes like abortion or subsidized transgender surgeries or executing wars across the world that have absolutely nothing to do with the Constitution and everything to do with banksters. What do you do with policies that government funds from the transgender policy training and instruction in schools to things like Planned Parenthood and others? What do you do about that? And what we do right now is we pay our taxes diligently and then we complain. But what would happen, I wonder, if 100 million patriots like pretty much follow President Trump, just decided that this was the year of the extension. I wonder what would happen if 100 million patriots just said, I'm filing an extension and I'm not going to pay you my taxes until October. With a condition, I'm not going to pay you my taxes until certain things are fixed. And if you don't fix them, I'm still not going to pay them. Wow, that would be a pretty amazing moment. That would be like patriots being patriots, doing patriots, patriot stuff. Like what would happen if we said of the 100 million people in the United States, it's our legal right to use an extension. And we're not going to file those taxes right now. We're all going to file extensions. And in the process of filing an extension, we're not going to pay our taxes until you close the border down. Now, if you don't close the border down, we probably aren't going to pay our taxes. They'd say, well, then you're going to go to jail. And then 100 million people say, okay, send us, send us, send us, because we're not going to pay our taxes. We're not going to pay them anymore to this criminal government. But not really saying that. What we're saying is we're going to take an extension and we're giving them a negotiation point to fix things like a dog being incentivized to catch a toy. Mr. IRS, we want to not pay our taxes. We're going to use an extension. We won't pay our taxes until fall. And you have until fall to get these certain things done, which of course they won't do. You know that because they believe they're above the law. So when we get to October, then there's the moral decision of who you, how you're going to operate then. Are you going to pay your taxes and break, bow to this evil? Or are you going to say, you know what? If I can't get my second extension, which you're allowed to do, then I'm just not going to pay my taxes until these problems are fixed. I think you're getting my drift. The government can't continue to be the receiver of the benefit of the money and not be the representative of the people. And that's where we are. These clowns up here are running around knowing very well that what they are doing is funding a war against the United States. They are bringing in insurgents. They are bringing in the replacement class. Everything is happening across this border, and Americans are lost in a cloud and doing nothing. And for many reasons. But there's no purpose or function to be paying a government this tyrannical. And I love this, because I've heard these, these quotes. One is from Romans, and it's about the idea that we're supposed to pay our taxes to the government and be dutiful in the Bible. It doesn't say, please fund Satan's army. Nowhere in there does it say that, just so I'm clear, because I, I've read that part. It doesn't say fund Satan's army. So if you're funding and paying taxes right now, you are funding Satan's army. Harsh, but true. It's time to us to take the understanding of what our true position is in this nation. And our true position is that we are the creditors, meaning we are giving the banks and the government the right to operate with our money. But we have an obligation as creditors to make sure that it's stewarded correctly and done diligently per the contracts that we have. Not really nilling to pay congressmen's higher salaries or to deal with the IRS's inability to gather up money and have to leverage everything they can just to keep the government going. Of course, but then there's the printing presses of the Fed that just keep punching out paper to drive the cost and the value of the dollar down. We are the creditors. And it's a mentality that we have to have if we're going to succeed. And it's the way that we have to start seizing control from the government because the government itself has gone out of control in everything it does. We need to start being bold. We need to start having courage. And we have to keep in mind that as we move forward, the first thing the government's going to do is strike us and try to divide us. 
And that requires a greater level of temperance. It requires a greater level of grace. Government's war against the people is real. Right now, there's three gun, gun rights cases before the Supreme Court. And these are things we all need to keep our eye on because they're very concerned about owners having guns. Part of this is the issue of having to d define the word dangerous in one of them. We are starting to look at, they were looking at our history, telling us that we don't long, longer have the need for guns the way we used to. We're a better society. We have, we have a DEI society and bringing everybody together, diversity, equity, and inclusion. We want everybody to come together and hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Yes, I'm sorry, the one next to you has been, had skin grafts and, and tattoos to make him look like a lizard. And I'm sorry that the other one next to you has cut off its genitals to become a girl. But this is what Christ wanted for us. He all wanted us to come together and love each other as one body. That's what they say. It's not true. We are in a very critical time where we have to start using our dollars for the weaponization that they were intended. If our government will take our dollars and weaponize it against us, we have to weaponize our governments and the dollars we send to the government from their launch. And that means deny them. Deny them the funding that they so desperately want and need. Deny them what they say they deserve because they don't deserve any of it. Our government doesn't deserve to be funded. Our government is a tyranny and a despotic government that literally we have to go back to the principles of one of the original fights, which was taxation without representation to our IRS agents, what we would call IRS agents, tax collectors of the day, were tarred and feathered. And I guarantee you right there, this went up the red flag. That's sent up to NSA. NSA's now got a red alert siren going on some sort of cubicle. We heard the word tar and feather. It was related to an agency of the IRS. Now this is telewired over to the FBI. The FBI now takes it and looks at this. Emergency case comes across the desk. Red alert. Podcaster says IRS needs to be tarred and feathered. So quickly, sends over an alert to the IRS. Be aware. Send this on national wire. Let everybody know that there is a threat condition alpha alpha that now says that we must be aware that the FBI's warning to all people in the United States that the IRS agents have been threatened. Federal government people are being threatened by MAGA followers, and the, the country is falling into tyranny. <laughs> File an extension. It's legal. There's no reason to give the government your money. Start playing this game the way they play it. Know the rules. Understand it. Dig into it. File the extension and deny them the dollars that they so desperately need. 100 million people would be pretty awesome. 100 million extensions. Their system is geared for it. They may not like it, but too bad. They're going to get it anyway. That's the sort of force and commitment that we need in order to win this war. And unfortunately, we're, we're lagging sorely behind on this fight because as a country, we're struggling with the principles of moral character. We're we don't have any moral strength left anymore. And with this, we're starting to get ourselves lost within the pitfalls of who we are and what is necessary. The enemy right now is doing an amazing job of continuing to divide us and conquer us. The apprehension on taxes alone is a good indicator. People are truly afraid. And J6 was part of the PSYOP to make sure that they stayed afraid. Don't worry if you go against the government. They will guarantee to throw you in a gulag somewhere. They will move you around and shuttle you around and torture you, but you will have nothing to do. But don't worry, there'll be a few prisoners that will be able to tell the story. Uh, Yes, they do happen to work for the deep state, but we'll make sure and make it sound like a good story of why they got a phone inside the prison to tell the story and videotape the atrocities of the prison. And yet even then, people do nothing. They sit on the side and they say, where is it going to happen that we're going to get it fixed? Where's our military when we need it? God, come fix it for us. We are the solution. No one's coming to help us. No one. And we have to learn to get along. We have to learn to keep united. We have to learn to keep focused. And we have to learn to understand what the enemy is doing and what it's using in its resource base to wage a war against us. And there's your biggest problem right there. The enemies, any enemy will sustain when it has sanctuary and funding. Those two things are guaranteed. That's, that's the whole principles of counterinsurgency. Sanctuary and funding. And if you can create a sanctuary for them to operate in, and then you provide funding, there's no limit to what an enemy can do, whether it's cross-border raids, whether it's infiltration, or whether it's a straight-on fight, kinetic fight, head-to-head. -head. But they need sanctuary, and they need the funding. Right now, our enemy has plenty of sanctuary. Every federal building is considered a sanctuary for our enemy. Every state building in most states at this point in time is considered a sanctuary for tyranny. 
and we need to take it back. But we're not going to take it back when every time they want to do something, they look around at their pot of money and they go, oh, look at this. Oh, I'll tell you, I would be smiling. What a bunch of great debt- debtors we have, when in fact they're creditors, but the government wants to make you feel like you're a debtor. You're a debtor because what they've said is your money that you're investing in us, you're giving to us to run, it's not enough because we keep using it on things like Codell trips where we can have sex with minors. And we, we have keep using it for our child sex trafficking programs that keep J.P. Morgan and others happy because it keeps their books propped up. We're happy because we can keep Planned Parenthood going and the kickbacks made from selling the child sex organs and the child organs overall will help us fund other programs in the black space that no one will know about, like underground tunnel systems or rocket systems or technologies that we don't even understand they're able to use against us. Because remember, those dumb people, as they would say, those dumb people that live in the, in the hinterlands, well, they're all a bunch of rednecks, they're all a bunch of fools. And they'll never figure this one out. We just got to keep them fat and happy. So give them another bus- basketball game. Give them another football game. Give them some Bud Light beer. And if Bud Light doesn't work, give them something else. Just make sure that they stay steadily passive and happy. Who are we? What has happened to us? How do we lose perspective on who was in charge of this country? We the people is we the people. It isn't the government with we the people underneath it. It's the exact opposite of that. How do we migrate to a place when the country was active and alive? John Jay, I've told this story many times. John Jay, the first Supreme Court justice, said he could ride from Philadelphia to New York in the middle of the night and see his way by the number of effigies of him that were being burned. Why? Because he went to England and he negotiated a trade trade treaty with England that was in their favor and not in ours. But we don't tell that little story much. We don't tell that story of Americans being awake and alert and engaged. The fact that the Americans literally were lighting these torches and lighting his, his effigy on fire at night because they were irritated, to say the least. They, were been def- they had been betrayed. And today we're being betrayed all over the place. We're being betrayed with children that were watching going into these hospitals, having full skin grafts, girls having full skin grafts off their arms so that they can build an artificial penis. Or boys having full skin, skin grafts going so they can build an artificial vagina. They were boys before. They know when they come out, I don't know what they are, but they are not either. They're destroyed. And one thing is absolutely true, that this war that's being waged on our kids is guaranteeing that the next generation, many of them will be sterile and never be able to have kids of their own. And if you're curious, your taxpayer dollars, the money that you pay diligently to the government, it's helping that along. It's helping with the propaganda. It's helping with the training. It's helping with the funding for these surgeries. There has to come a time we have to cut it off. There has to come a time we say no more. There has to come a time we say we are done funding the enemy. Question is, do we have the courage to do it? Does America have the, the courage to be patriots in this hour, to deny the enemy its funding, or will they hold on to that funding model until the very end when they have nothing left and what the consequence of not standing up now is the, is the outcome later that they fought from this little place and said, we'll make everything change, but we'll still pay our taxes diligently until the day comes that the government comes in and says, thank you, now we're stealing your home. Because we have a bunch of immigrants that have come into our nation and they need housing, which is, by the way, another part of that great funding mechanism that we're all part of, is we're guaranteeing right now that the immigrants are getting free housing. The immigrants are getting free medical care. They're pretty much getting everything they want, including cash. And yet, we do nothing as a nation. But we will continue to pay our taxes. Thank you very much. We appreciate you very much. Here's another little dark element. It's about five minutes. I want to play it. It's a little bit skew of topic, but I think it's important to grasp what this is. This is all paid for by your taxpayer dollars. Remember, our government wants to preserve itself, not you. Could you describe a raven rock to me, like what it is, what it's for? No. Raven Rock, like Area 51, remains one of the U.S. government's most classified installations. It's all part of a plan that was hatched 70 years ago. In the 1950s, 
the government came up with plans for a deep underground command center where the president and, you know, a few hundred staff members not only could take shelter, but also could direct a nuclear war. The plan is called Continuity of Government, or COG. At any moment, we could see thousands of members of the government completely wiped out. But there's a secondary government, a shadow government, that is ready to take over at a moment's notice. Raven Rock is an underground backup pentagon. It's the most unbelievable place you can imagine. You're 768 feet below the surface. Don Camel spent three and a half years at Raven Rock as part of the president's communication team. He's never spoken on camera before about his time working in the secret bunker. Basically, they carved out a city underground that could survive a direct hit from a nuclear blast. After you go through the security, you walk in and it's basically an underground tunnel. There's a blast door that was three and a half foot thick that weighed 30 tons. Uh, you go through like an airlock and they had two of those doors and then you walk another uh, half a mile. A half mile deeper into the mountain is the bunker itself. And you're going past five buildings. Those represent the five rings of the Pentagon. And each of those buildings are three stories tall and they probably have 50 to 80 offices per floor. The buildings are mounted on springs to survive the shockwaves from a nuclear blast. There's a common cafeteria capable of serving 3,000 people three meals a day for 30 days on lockdown. They had a barber shop in there with one chair. It's got massive reservoirs, generators, even a crematorium if needed, post office, medical facilities, and emergency command and communication links to the U.S. military all around the world. As part of the White House team, Camel had access to the most restricted part of the bunker the presidential suite. The presidential suite is a very secure area. The other people in the site, they had no access, and they were very, very curious as far as what was behind the door. The presidential bedroom was, of course, a king-size bed. Then there was a separate kitchen set up in our suite to feed 30 or 40 people. The presidential office overlooked the war room, which uh, had the same display that was a duplicate of what they had in the Pentagon. We would look down, and of course, they'd look up, and they couldn't see through the glass because it was a one-way glass. To understand why these bunkers were created, you have to rewind to the 1950s. For some, it was America's golden age. But it was also the dawn of a ruthless fight for global supremacy. The United States and the Soviet Union stand on the verge of direct military confrontation. In which both sides built up an arsenal of spectacularly powerful weapons. That meant the next world war would not last years, but minutes. There might be as little as 15 minutes notice of an attack that could wipe out much of civilization as we know it. And so the Eisenhower administration began an elaborate process of contingency planning. And if we only had a few minutes, then they didn't want to have any sort of layers of review or approval that would slow down the process of responding to a major emergency. To avoid mass panic, the US government had created a nationwide civil defense program. We all know the atomic bomb is very dangerous. If it may be used against us, we must get ready for it. Growing up in the 1950s, there were fallout shelters, places where you would go if the nuclear war occurred. And in those fallout shelters, there was water, uh, there were prescription drugs. And the notion really was that you could go there and survive. The government starts telling Americans that not only can they survive a nuclear war, but they could go on living their lives as long as they come together in an unquestioning mass. This family knows that even a thin cloth helps protect them. Even a newspaper can save you from a bad burn. But while the public was being told to build shelters and duck under their desks, the government elite were going to hide under tons of rock and reinforce concrete. There was an awareness at the highest level of the American government that these civil defense drills were really window dressing. This was a massive, massive propaganda effort that bore almost no relationship to reality whatsoever. President Eisenhower knew that this was all bull He said things like, if nuclear war comes, 
There aren't going to be enough bulldozers to scrape the bodies off the streets. Not enough bulldozers to scrape the bodies off the streets. This is where we are again. In Devos right now, they're talking about the next step, the next pandemic. All of these things, I just need everybody to sit back and take a deep breath. Just relax. I want you to imagine the millions and billions of dollars that it took to do this operation. Actually, it's the billions and billions of dollars to ensure that a few handful of great people that we voted into office and all those other people that they hired, all those pedophiles that have raped kids on Codel trips, all those pedophiles that are seeing to it that there's policies to ensure that children's genitals get cut off, all those pedophiles and freaks that are quietly trafficking in kids, doing their satanic rituals whenever they need to, just for their personal pleasure and their sadistic horrors that they love to live through. And I want you just to sit back as you sit back and marvel at the glory of American engineering and realize that projects like this were done to preserve them at the expense of us. And not only the expense of our lives, if a war was to happen, but it was done with the money that we gave the government. Our government is a tyranny. It's a despotic pit. And everything that it has done, the underground tunnel networks, the, the systems it has used to preserve itself, the, the towers that they've built to control the communications, the systems of surveillance that they put in place to ensure that nobody can get by with anything unless they know, the forms of, of commerce so that they can track every single thing that you do so that they can know if you do anything by their terms that are illegal. All of these things have been funded by us. If you put money into the stock market, you're expecting a return. It's all, again, it's the same type of game because at some point or another, you're going to have to pay taxes on that because you can't have a gain without the government getting their fingers in it. When you put gas in your car, they're going to pay you a tax because, of course, naturally, just the fact that you're paying for gas isn't enough. You have to pay for the right to put that gas in your car. And, of course, they'll tell you, well, that money needs to go to roads, which we know it doesn't. The government is out of control. It is a massive bloated cancer that continues to grow in a vir viral sense, and it never stops, and it never stops wanting to feed. It's a parasitic relationship. They will draw us all down and draw us to the pit of hell. It's doing it right now. This is the same government that sits in cubicles and decides the equivalent of laws, which they call policies, writing these drafts, sending them through without any due process in the way our system is designed. This system that says we the people, we the people, we are the creditors, we are the authority, we are the ones that control this government. The government is subordinate to the wills of us, and above us is God. Well, they decided that they didn't like that, so they decided with the money that we gave them that they would remove God from schools. They would remove God from government. They would remove God from the courtrooms, they would remove God overall. You can't even put a cross on some portions of the freeway because somebody might complain and say that their religious rights are violated, even though it's guaranteed by the First Amendment. This country that we've fallen into now has fallen. It is a fallen nation. It is no longer. And what we are doing is every time we put a dollar into it, we are fueling this beast to another level. So I understand the apprehension of saying outrightly, don't pay taxes. Okay, I get that. Well, the question is, why aren't we deferring? That's the bottom line. It is legal to defer every single year till October. Every single person is authorized a, and a deferment. Why are we not deferring until October? Every person. I'm not just talking a few. I'm talking 100 million. If we don't like the government, why do we continue to fund it? And these are the questions that we're not answering because these are the hard questions that people have to take action to hold accountability for their actions. And because we're so broken and individualized, people don't see the collective whole of the power that we have. But this is an hour which people have to truly start making a decision of whom you shall serve. This is not a question of being obedient to a government that is literally trafficking in children. That's not even a question anymore. The idea of children being trafficked has been documented, and the government has its hands deep in it. And yet we continue to say, okay, well, uh, when's my next tax due? And then worse yet, we play games. We play absolutely games. 
with ourselves of trying to tell ourselves that somehow that if we fund it, maybe we'll get another president in and they'll change it. Come on. we got to get real about what's really happening. We need to start having the courage to stand up and do the right thing, regardless of the cost. And when we get to that place of doing the right thing, regardless of the cost, we begin to shift the paradigm of the time and we see things differently. When we understand the true pain and the agony of what our dollars do, would you pay the taxes if you could see the children that were mutilated by our by what we do? Would you, would you if you were the victim of, of American bombings on innocent civilians, would you still pay your taxes if you had received that? If you were truly the victim of an FBI raid that illegally arrested your family or shot your husband, would you still pay your taxes? The problem is most people would say yes. Because the fear model in which we operate under is so complete, so conclusive, that people will literally, as we said in the beginning, roll up their sleeve and say, okay, please give me a shot. I've not been a good person. I believe in what you're offering me. You're telling me that you will save me. So I believe you. And so I will roll up my sleeve and look to you to save me because apparently God can't. This is the sickness which we're in. And we ultimately have to make a hard decision now of, again, whom are we going to serve? These are not easy times. But what we do know is that we're involved in wars around the world. We have bases all over the place. And our dollars are flowing at an unprecedented rate. This is incredible. And the problem we have is that there is no stopping this until we put our foot down and say, enough is enough. When is enough enough? I guess is the bigger question. When is it enough? And that's what we can't answer. I want to play for you a different piece here. This piece is on paradigm shifts. And I want you to hear this piece very conclusively because I think when we start to look at the bigger problem of things and we are, we're looking at things from the wrong paradigm, Right now, we're still looking at things from the paradigm of fear. This is my opinion, but I think it's pretty well grounded. Fear and obedience is the paradigms we work under. We must be obedient to a government because somewhere in this government, there is still good that we need to fund. If I don't fund the government, then maybe I won't get this benefit. There is a fear of losing something. There's a paradigm of thinking perhaps hopefully, naively hopeful, that maybe if we fund these things, something good will come of it. But I think more importantly, it's a selfishness and fear where people are afraid if they don't fund it, they're not going to get what their return is back. The game with with taxes never ceases to amaze me because it's literally saying things like, okay, if I pay my money in, then they're going to, they're going to give me a little more trinkets to allow me to get more of my money back, even though they never had any legal right to the money I gave them in the first place. So we need a paradigm shift a different way to see the world. So I want you to hear this piece. It's very interesting. It's not tax related. It's just a cold perspective on how the world changes when we shift our paradigm and how powerful it can be when we truly understand the bigger picture of what we're dealing with. I remember a mini paradigm shift I experienced one Sunday morning on a subway in New York City. People were sitting very quietly, some reading, some resting with their eyes closed. Suddenly, a man and his children entered the subway car. The children ran yelling to the car, throwing things, grabbing people's newspapers. Their father sat down near me and closed his eyes and did nothing. I felt irritated. I could not believe he would let his children run wild like that. After a few minutes of patience and restraint, I turned to him and said, Sir, your children are really disturbing a lot of people. I wonder if you could control them just a little more. Yeah, you're right. I should do something. Well, we just came from the hospital where their mother died about an hour ago, and I guess they don't know how to handle it. Yes, I don't know how to handle it. Can you imagine how I felt at that moment? My paradigm shifted. Suddenly I saw things differently. And because I saw differently, I thought differently. I felt differently. I acted differently. My irritation vanished. Compassion flowed freely. I wanted to help instead of criticizing and complaining. 
Once you see things as they really are, you'll think, feel, and act differently. And you'll do it automatically, spontaneously. Can you see why paradigms are deeper than attitudes and behavior? If you want to make minor changes in your life, work on your behavior. But if you want to make significant quantum breakthroughs, work on your paradigms. All right, so I saw a comment in chat. I need to follow up on something because it seems that some of this message is not being clear. We're talking about extensions based on money that you owe. So somebody wrote, well, what about if I've already paid my taxes and you're getting money back? My response is you should never have paid it. This is the problem of obedience to a system. You try to sit there and we're paying all these taxes in. The question is, why did you just put like you were exempt or had more dependents than you possibly need? The government, every time it takes your money, is putting your money into places. Every time you pay your taxes every month, they're putting their money in a fund. They're making money on your money. Trust me. They're no fools. Just like insurance companies, they like to delay payment on things up to 90 days. Why? Because they put their money, your, the money that they owe you in a fund and they make enough interest collectively to basically make it a net zero loss for them. Same thing they do in the defense contracting world gets worse, in fact, because small businesses are subject to a 120-day net, which means 66 months. Then many small businesses have to wait for payment for companies like Lockheed or Boeing many times, while Lockheed or Boeing make that money back when they put that money that they owe the small business into an investment fund. So when you pay the IRS money and you're diligently doing your job as a dutiful American and you're filling out your W-2 and you're saying, okay, well, I have exactly two dependents and so I need to make sure this chunk of money goes because you don't want to keep the money. You don't have to do that. And you, if you read it, it always says you don't have to pay your money early. What they tell you is if you file, you're going to have to pay what you owe. Well, the question is why are you not using that money for your life now? And then why aren't you not filing an extension? and then decide what you want to do. The problem everybody has is the minute that you file your taxes, you have built a contract with this federal government. You have built a legal contract that they can hold you to. I'll let you sort that one out. I'm not giving tax advice, by the way. I'm not a tax consultant. Just giving you some opinions, observations on a few things. So the obedience to the system is the first problem. And the problem with the obedience is a system it has been driven into it, everybody. You must. And it becomes a big thing. Imagine the industries that would collapse if suddenly we didn't have the tax system we have. I mean, big companies. Anderson & Anderson is one. Built on accounting. What would they do anymore if the accounting didn't have to happen? If we went to a national sales tax, for example, where everything was a flat rate. But this tax system that we have is geared for the elite and it's geared for building big businesses and it's geared to keep people confused and in control. And as we move forward with that, they're using this money that, she, that every we pay into them for the weaponization of a system against us. So as we enter into tax season and those that have paid money, which is insane, if you paid money then the government owes you, I don't know why you would do that. You've overpaid taxes and denied yourself money you had from the year. And they love you for it, by the way, because they've made more money on your money than you and, and you haven't made any. You've lost. And oh, by the way, if you haven't been paying attention, those returns of payment outs are kind of slow coming. So while you're waiting eagerly for your return, which is this big thing, I can hardly wait for my return. Hardly wait. I overpaid my taxes last year. I didn't get the money. And then like, and then it becomes like this lottery and people look forward to it. It's like, guess how much money I got on my tax return? It's like, yeah, but it was your money to begin with. Yeah, but I get this great, great refund check. It's great. Well, now I'm going to go out and I'm going to spend all sorts of stuff on it. Yeah, but it was your money to begin with. You didn't win anything. You didn't gain anything. That's like going to the store and buying something and returning it, getting cash in hand or credit, even better, getting credit and then going, I get to buy something and it's not going to cost me a darn thing. You're like, excuse me, how'd that work? Well, I, I bought an item, I returned it, I got money back. And now the money I have, I have in my hand and I can go and I can go buy something again. But this time it's not going to cost me anything. <laughs> That's the game of taxes. And I have to say, I look at America and I shake my head. I'm like, where did you miss the boat on this one? Tax returns is, are your money. So if you're owing the government money, 
you have a right to file an extension. This is legal. You can check this on the IRS website. I don't have to even tell you. Just go check it. They're telling you you can't. And I would think that if we owe the government money, that it might be time to give some thought to when you want to pay them, since everything you pay them is being used against us and you for your freedoms. Just saying. Might be time to consider things a little differently. Because if you're the creditor, be the creditor. Call in the debt. Control those who use the money. And we say, well, yeah, but I'm only a small fry. That's why we have economy of scale. Because economy of scale is things like, oh, guess what? MAGA just went nuts. And I'll tell you what, if they're going to designate MAGA as a domestic terrorist organization, at least let's do something glorious. Like 80 million people, 100 million Trump supporters say, you know what? We're all filing extensions of those of us that owe. We're just not going to pay our taxes until October. And we review how well they use our money before the elections. And then if you're not going to use, if you aren't going to use our money appropriately, like shutting down the border, getting rid of the illegal aliens, stopping the influx of fighting age males across the border, putting an end to transgender policies, to name a few things, fixing the voting system, to fix a few things more, cutting back on the NDAA, separating us from the Patriot Act, getting us back to the Constitution. I don't know. You can make a whole list of a few things that need to be done. There's a little bit of house cleaning. If we don't see those things done in October, we're going to file a second extension, which again is legal. And we're just going to deny you money until the new president gets in place. And then we'll make an assessment as to what we think we owe. That's being a creditor. That's not being a pawn. We have to start thinking collectively like this to solve these problems because they've divided people so much and down to the individuals that people have become obedient stooges. And these stooges, the stooge mentality is that you will be obedient to a government no matter how horrible it gets. And right now, this government is horrible. Let's just be clear. I can hear all sorts of things about, well, they're kind of doing a good thing here and they're kind of doing a good thing here. It's entirely dog and pony shows. They just extended the, the ceiling for the debt, for goodness sake. And they've done it without even changing anything on the border. And that extra money is coming from the printing presses, which is ultimately debt on our back. Our hard-earned money is becoming a tool for them to enslave us more deeply. And when the slaves pay the landowners more, this is the craziness in which we're at. But then I guess from my perspective, what should I expect from a country that now walks their children into a gender modification clinic to get the little boy's balls cut off to say that he's a girl because somehow God made him imperfect and the parents now celebrate the fact that it this little boy is now a girl that it will never be able to have children, never be able to reproduce. And they think it's a good idea, but that's the world in which we live. Look carefully at the taxes you pay. Ask the hard questions. Talk to your neighbors. Organize. Extensions are legal. They delay funding for a government that's a tyranny. I think it's worth a shot. At least it's worth a consideration. Probably should be a whole lot more, but I just don't think people are willing to bite off that next level yet that says taxation without representation. But in the meantime, delayed taxation because we want to assess how bad you really are. This is something we have to do. We have to stop the invasions. We just have to say no. Hashtag we say no. Patriots, let's pray. Father God, I come to you today and just praying for the courage of the hearts of the many to start seeing what's before them and how to proceed in such a way that is legal and lawful and defiant. We have to be defiant in this hour. We have to stop complying to the tyrannies. We have to start trying, stop trying to justify and cherry pick the way we see things just because we're uncomfortable, have a bit of fear. We have to get to the place that true warrior patriots walk in such a way that they're willing to understand that we must lay things down in this, in this physical world and we must trust in you for all things. There's such a concern right now in the public of stepping out too far. There's so much hesitation that the machine just rolls over us. So much caution out here right now that people are wary that if they do something wrong, they might get in trouble. 
That train left the station long ago. Father, you know that as well as I. So we just pray that that truth will settle in on people's hearts, that the courage of the mighty will step up, that the things that are most important, like funding for this fool, foolish government, will start to settle in on people's hearts, and we begin to see those that were willing to flip tables. The money changers need to be removed. They need to be driven from the square. And those that are in power need to be challenged and reminded of who the purse strings are that fund them and what extent we're willing to go to to prevent them from being fund, funded. That hour is now. So, Father, we lift up Bars Nation. We lift up to anybody that's listening to this. Raise them up and pray into their hearts and say, have a heart of courage. Have a heart of courage in this hour to do the right thing. To not be a puppet of a system that's trying to guilt you in or fear you into something that you know is very wrong. Stand up now and defy. And no matter who comes at you, whether it's President Trump or whether it's Paul Ryan, whether it's Nancy Pelosi out of retirement or even silly Joe Biden, whatever they say, you brush off because ultimately what we are talking about here is a righteousness within this fight that says we are not going to fund those things that defy God. And when we get that fire in our hearts to understand truly that we are funding a system that openly defies you, Lord, when, then we will see the hearts of David arise. So again, we pray for the hearts of David to arise and awaken. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. So the last word on this tonight, I want you to think about this. This government is openly against God. This government is openly against the Bible. This government is openly anti-Jesus. These are the same people that led to the murder of Jesus. That's pure evil. And every time we give a dollar, a dime, a penny to this government, they, we are funding something that is completely anti-God. Now, I don't know how much more to put it than that. If you're paying taxes, you're funding Satan. If you're paying taxes, you're funding the, the, the worship altars of Baal and Moloch. If you're paying taxes, you're, virtu you're funding the altars of the covens and the warlocks and the witches. This is what our government is at its bowels and its truth, true sense of who they are. That's when you tear off this veneer that's on them and you look them in the heart and you see truly who they are. This is what you're dealing with, pure evil. If you're paying taxes, you're funding a military industrial complex that is now has murdered many of our soldiers and is continuing to maim our soldiers with injections that are not legal or legally authorized. If you're funding, if you're paying taxes, you're helping fund wars that are taking our sons and daughters and sending them overseas to fight wars for banksters and fiat currencies so that those in power and the levers of power can increase and they can increase their control over the people. So again, the question is, where is your heart and whom do you serve? And once you align with that and understand what that is we're talking about, it's not a question of if, it's just a matter of how and what's the most efficient way for you. But right now, at the core of all things, this government works because we pay it for it, and this is what we get. So in a certain way, we don't have a lot to complain about if you're paying taxes. Because if you're paying taxes, you're like, I don't like this government. I'm like, yeah, except that you're funding it. The whole bottom line is that we need to challenge and question the function of the need for us to pay I remember taxes. a mini paradigm shift I experienced. The bottom line of this is we have to look at how we are using our dollars because our dollars are a weapon system. And they know it. They understand it. And they know that we are so compliant in what we are doing that we won't question the dutiful nature of what we're supposed to do because that's what slaves do. Don't be a slave. Be free. Be a patriot and fight for liberty. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow morning for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. 
Breathe again. Dive into. 